At this time, I would love to introduce our guest preacher this morning, Derek Churchill. Derek has been a part of North River for a very, very long time and runs our Guy Wire ministry here. If you don't know about Guy Wire and you're, you're a, a guy sitting in this congregation, you should absolutely talk to him after the service about Guy Wire and how to get plugged in there. But uh, thank you, Derek, for being with us this morning. Well, good morning, North River. How are you doing? It's great to be here with you in person, and for you, those of you online, it's great to be with you as well. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's special to, to be here today, and especially given everything we've been through the last year and a half, to be able to meet like this in person is, uh, makes it particularly special, doesn't it? It makes you really appreciate uh, what we were kind of missing for a long time. I want to open up uh, just in a word of prayer. I thank uh, uh, Christy for praying. I'd just like to add to that for a moment if we could bow our heads. Lord, we just come before you and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for just being here in our midst. We thank you for being able to just uh, get together and talk about you and reflect on you. And we pray that uh, you just uh, open our hearts, Lord, and uh, cause Cause us each to take something away today that uh, is impactful for our lives and, and draws us closer to you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So the today's uh, beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You want to talk about unusually blessed? Getting to see God? I don't know if it, the blessings get bigger than that. That's why this particular beatitude feels a little different the ones we've been looking at. There was something about this, you know, that it says, you know, we talked about, uh, I looked at those other Beatitudes as I was preparing for this, and, you know, they were relatable, but pure in heart, it rings a little different. And we're going to kind of un unpack that today and explore that today. And I want to come at this from an angle of talking to you about proximity to God in the condition of your heart. This core message, the core message of today's beatitude by Christ is a promise. It's a truth about God that those who are pure in heart will see him. But when should we expect this promise to be fulfilled? You see, Christ is talking here about much more than eternity. He's talking about more than when we shift off our mortal coil and stand before our creator. He's also talking about this life here. He's talking about the fulfillment of this promise of seeing God in our days here on this earth. I want you to think about those words of pure in heart. How do they relate to you? Do you, do you, do you hear those used in society today? When you read this beatitude, how do they land with you? How do they resonate? Think about those in terms of society in the world around us. Christ makes a big connection here between the condition of our heart and knowing and seeing God. And that sets up our big idea here today. The condition of your heart impacts your proximity to God. I came across this definition that I thought was on point. I think I got a little off script of those guys. <laughs> that I think was on point. It says, being pure in heart involves having a singleness of heart toward God. A pure heart has no hypocrisy, no guile, no hidden motives. 
The pure heart is marked by transparency and an uncompromising desire to please God in all things. That's a really high bar, isn't it? Is this possible today? Are any of us capable of meeting that standard? On our own, the answer is no. On our own, none of us could affect our heart condition enough to be in the presence of God. Impurity, sin, cannot exist in the presence of God. In our default state as humans, before we know Jesus, being in proximity to God is not possible. You see, God is holy, and only that which is holy can be near him. We saw this in practice with Moses in the book of Exodus. When Moses was drawn to the presence of God, as God manifested himself in the form of the burning bush. Now, if you've never read this part of the scripture, but you've seen the movie, this is one of those times where the movie's actually pretty accurate. So if you saw that, you'll get what I'm talking about. When God manifested himself before Moses there, that place became holy because God was there. It became pure. And God spoke to Moses in that moment and said, take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy. Those sandals symbolize impurity, and as I said, impurity cannot exist in the presence of God. But they also symbolized more for Moses. It was all the baggage of life, pride, perverseness, hidden motives, anger, everything he had carried with him up to that point. God was causing a shift in Moses. But how do we overcome this hurdle and be near God? In speaking this beatitude, Jesus lays out a pathway to see God now. It is Jesus' wish, it's God's overwhelming desire that you be near him. It was a singular mission of Jesus here on earth to draw you into the presence of God. To do this, God has to purify you. He has to ready you to be in proximity to him. And this is the sanctifying work of Jesus. Now let's stop and take a moment there. I just threw out a word that we don't always hear every day, right? That's a word that comes out of theology. And to be honest, I used to scratch my head on that word too. I want to read the definition. Sanctify means free from sin. It means to purify and set apart as holy. So when Jesus sanctifies us, he paid for our sins. He cleanses us of our impurities so that we can be near God. Jesus opens the doorway to seeing God. The blood he shed for us covers our sins. It covers up our baggage. In his sanctifying work, this purifying process continues today with the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. So when you accept Christ in your life, you are also sealed with the Spirit. And that's really important because the Spirit plays a critical role into being into proximity with God in this life. I'm going to talk more about that in a bit. If we look again at Moses and look again at the burning bush, we see we don't have to figure out how to be in proximity with God. God shows us what is needed. God caused a shift in Moses to be in his presence and in the same way, he causes the changes in our lives to be near him. And these changes are changes to the condition of our heart. Jesus' teachings again and again point to the heart condition as central to being in proximity to God. And today's beatitude puts a fine point on that. You heard the song 
when we started this morning, opened the eyes of my heart. And it's actually from the scripture Ephesians. The, uh, from the book Ephesians, the writer Paul uh, wrote, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. It's an important passage. Paul is creating a clear link here between seeing God and understanding God. He uses the word enlightenment. We, we know God in these days through understanding, and understanding is quite literally a matter of the heart. The condition of your heart is critical to understanding who God is and how he impacts all areas of your life. But let's define here what we mean by heart, all right? Study reveals, when I was prepping for this, our heart refers to the spiritual center of life. It's where thoughts, our desires, our sense of purpose, our will, understanding, and our character reside. So in other words, it's the core of our being. So when we talk about heart, not necessarily talking about what's ticking away in your chest, we're talking about the core of who you are. For the past two years, God has had Guy Wire on an intensive study into the importance of our heart condition. We've journeyed with the men through the parables, and it's here that Jesus dives deeper into what he was talking about in today's Beatitude. Many of you are familiar with the parable of the sower. Some of you aren't. I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, summarize that for you here because it's a pretty large passage, and, but it gets to the core of what Jesus was talking about today. But first, I want to answer a question. Why does Jesus talk about in parables? Why does he talk to us in parables? There were several reasons, but there's one main reason we all need to hold on to. Jesus took big concepts of God and communicated them to us in a way our human minds could comprehend. He used parables and local relatable parts of our existence to help God relate to us. If you look at the parables, he's constantly talking about harvesting and planting seed and, and gardening and other things that were going on at that time in a very agrarian society. But it speaks to the special power of his words that 2,000 years later, these words are still relatable to us. If you haven't spent any time in parables, I really encourage you to do so. It was, it's been a game changer in my relationship with God, and I know a number of the guys on the Guy Wire team as well. To be honest, years ago when I looked at the parables, there were a couple that resonated with me, but there were some that I didn't get right away, so I kind of drove by. But as we dove into the parables last couple years ago, there was one passage that just jumped off the pages to me. And it talked about why Christ spoke in parables. It was the, repeating the prophecy of him doing that. And he said, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things not spoken of since the creation of the world. I got to tell you, that was a hook for me. When I heard that, it just made me feel like there was something important going on here. I need to dig in. There was something special about this part of the word. And in the parable of the sower is particularly on point, not only for the today, but a great place to start when you look at the parables. In fact, it is the key parable for all the parables. When after Christ told the parable of the sowers and he was talking to his disciples, he actually said to them, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? So if you haven't spent any time in this part of the Bible, start there first. 
But this parable is key in that it outlines four conditions of a human heart that are the potential conditions that we can find ourselves in in life. So the example Christ used was of a farmer going along and scattering seed along the ground. And this is the old style of farming where they're just tossing the seed out as he's walking. And he said the, the, some of the seed fell along the path, and the birds of the air came and ate it. And he said, these are people, and the nice thing about the parable of the sower, by the way, is right after he talks about the parable, he explains it to his disciples. So it's all there, Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke 8. But he said, these are the people who hear the word of God but don't understand it. And the enemy comes and steals what was sown in their heart. If you're here today and you're not sure about who Christ is to you, don't let the sun go down until you get an answer. Settle this in your heart. It's an incredibly important decision to figure out who Jesus is to you. There are people here in this room, the staff in person, online you can reach out to people and, and through the prayer connection to get an answer, but don't allow the enemy to distract you from the truth of Jesus. Figure out who he is to you. Additionally, whether you are a new Christian or you've walked with God for many years, we all started here. It's what we call condition one of our heart. We all started at this condition. At some point, we didn't know who Jesus was before we accepted him into our life. So we're all in this together with this condition. But again, if today you're kicking the tires on, on Christianity and trying to figure out who Jesus is to you, don't allow the enemy to distract you. Get it settled in your heart today. And then Christ talked about the seed that fell along the rocky soil. And this soil is shallow, and because of it, the, the plants grew up quickly. But when the sun came up, they got scorched and withered because they had no root because of the stones on the ground. And Christ said, these were the people who hear the word of God and initially receive it with joy and receive it quickly. But when the storms of this life come up or persecution because of the word, they quickly fall away because they have no root. This is what we call condition two of our heart. And frankly, I call it the dangerous condition. You don't want to be here because these are people who understand who Christ is. They understand he's our Savior and Lord, and you don't want to have that knowledge and then all of a sudden walk away from God. And then some of the seed fell along the thorns. And when it grew up, the thorns choked off the plant so it didn't bear fruit. And Christ, Christ described this as people who understand the word of God, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the pleasures of this world, choke off the word of the God in their life, and they don't bear fruit with the word. They don't mature, is one of the words he used. If you're here today, and you feel like you're in this place, frankly, most of us have, are either there or have been there. Most people are at this place either once or multiple times in their life. It's very common. We're all dealing with stress, we're all dealing with worries, but this is also a place where we can start to prioritize the pursuit of other things ahead of God. If you're in this place, and if you think you're in this place today, lean into God, ask him to shift the priorities in your life so that you prioritize him first and re-spur that growth in your life. If you think of it as an image, 
People in this particular condition three, they're a plant whose roots got stunted and they stopped growing. Lean into God to respur that growth. Now, these first three conditions are what I would call the, Christ talked about the cautionary conditions. But then there's condition four. And this is the condition that God wants to bring us all to. This is the seed that fell among the good soil and it took root and the plants grew up and bore a harvest 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. And Christ described these are people who hear the word of God and retain it and understand it. People of a good and noble heart who persevere with God and because of it, they bear fruit. If you're here today, and you're, you're, you're thinking about all these different conditions, and you're not sure if you're walking in condition four right now, I encourage you to take that time of self-reflection and ask God and lean into God and ask him to show you where you are and to move you to the place he wants you to be. You see, these hard conditions are critical as they outline our ability to understand God. Condition four is the place God wants to bring each of you. It is where the Spirit is working the soil of your heart. He's removing the stones that impede your growth. He's removing impurities that limit your comprehension of God's Word. The Holy Spirit works on our heart throughout our entire life to foster growth and draw us into proximity to God. And here's another image for you. It's like a farmer who plants a crop today. Plants a crop in a big field. Before he plants that crop, he has to get the soil ready to receive the seed for a new growing season. In the same way, the Spirit's engaged with you to keep working the soil of your heart to prepare you for new seasons of growth in your life. As you engage the Spirit in this effort, as you are intentional with him, he will be intentional with you by drawing you in proximity to God. Now, I want to make one other point about these four conditions. They're not four stages of life that God plans to bring us through. They're not God's four-step process to bring us to where he wants to be. They are four distinct conditions, possible heart conditions, that we may find ourselves in. Christ held them up as a spectrum. He held them up as a mirror to cause deep self-reflection in all of us. Let's step into that place today. Reflect on these heart conditions today. Which one of these, when you hear it, resonates with you? Where do you think you are today, and where do you want to be? God desires you to see him. He desires to increase your knowledge of him. He desires to deepen your understanding of who he is and how he wants to be involved in all areas of your life, even the minute details. Today's beatitude is a message to pay attention to the condition of our hearts. Through this, we're able to have access to an immeasurable treasure, God himself. Is there anything more valuable than seeing God and being close in proximity to God? I can't think of anything bigger than that. So then how do we be intentional with our heart condition? How do we grow our heart condition? How do we, in that self-reflection, how do we occupy that place that allows God to start working on our heart. Got a couple actions I'd like to talk to you about that are things you might be consider putting in a place starting this week that can help to grow you closer to God and help to improve the condition of your heart. 
First of all, set and guard a daily appointment with God. Now, for some of you, this may not be new. You may be hearing that going, okay, yeah. But maybe you get it with different, maybe you've heard it in different ways, a daily devotion with God, a study time, a prayer time. Maybe you've got a, another name for it. But what's your level of intentionality with this time in your days? Take a moment to reflect with him right now. How much time you spend with him in a given week? And I'm talking here about a set, regular, specific time. What's that look like for you? Is it part of your days? This daily appointment with God, this time of prayer and Bible reading, are the foundations that Jesus calls us to. It is critical in our growth with God. It is critical in growing and sustaining a healthy heart condition with God. It is here daily that the Spirit deepens your understanding of God. It is here that is life, that the soil of your heart to prepare you it is here that he fills and shifts the soil of your heart to prepare you to grow closer to God by enabling the truths of God to sink deep roots into your hearts. And folks, that's what you want. In days like these, you want the truths of God to sink deep roots. We talked earlier about persevering with God. What sets apart people who are living in condition four versus condition three are the choices they make. Now, condition four, it's not about perfectionism. It's not about living some ideal life. These people still stress, worry, have anxieties, but it's the choices they make and how they respond to those moments. They choose to lean into God instead of, instead of pulling away from him in days like these. And because of it, they continue to grow, even in storms like we've all been living through. It's an important distinction. It's an important target to shoot for. If this prayer time is a regular part of your life, frankly, then we're living, we're living life with one arm tied behind our back. This prayer time is critical. We saw this habit as Jesus would regularly go off by himself to spend time in prayer and just being near God, being near the Father and the Spirit. This is where he would receive his daily direction as we ourselves need. This is where he would seek proximity to God, as we ourselves desire. Christ was spirit-led daily, and part of this because he was modeling this behavior for all of us. If this daily appointment is something you're familiar with, then put some guardrails up around it, strengthen it, etch it into the fabric of your life. Many things can come at us in life, daily tasks, challenges we didn't expect, emergencies that blow up, it's easy to give ground to these, to these things from our daily time with God. If we're not careful, the immediacy of the day's tasks can overtake the perseverance of our growth with God. Be intentional about guarding this time with God. Fix it firmly in your day. Remember what you're after, the treasure of this time. One other note on prayer. A few years ago, God shifted this time in my life. He changed it. I used to open my, my daily time with God in Bible reading. Anytime I'd sit with God, I'd crack my Bible open first and then go to prayer. He flipped that around for me. So that now, when I spend time with God, I, I spend my time first in prayer. And it's during this time that God leads me to where he wants me to be reading in the Bible. 
It's made this time much richer in my life. So I bring it to you today to encourage you to give it a try and see if this little shift in your, in, in your habit uh, might yield some new fruit in your life. One other action I want to discuss with you is what I call the practice of separation. About seven years ago, as uh, God was growing Guywire and life was getting busier and more complex, God really started to impress upon me to take time away with him. And to be honest with you, this has been a game changer in my life. For me, it's taken the form of a, a, a weekly trip up to Maine where I just re, I'm removed from people and I'm on the, in the mountains and on the lakes. And it's here where God works on purifying my heart he, by unburdening me from the stresses and anxieties and worries of my life. And it's also where he causes deep self-reflection in me, which causes me to get real about parts of my life that need changing and growth. These times have been critical for me. They've served also as an annual time of rest and refreshment, and also where God gives direction of where he wants to take Guywire in the new year. Now, if you know anything about me, if we've met, we've talked, you may have already figured this out, I never feel closer to God than when I'm on, sitting on top of a mountain. Yet, you don't have to climb physically or metaphorically to reach God. God reaches us where we're at. This practice of separation is also about intentionally moving a play, to a place away from distractions in your life, where you can just be near God and allow him to work on the condition of your heart. Now, maybe for you it's a beach. Maybe it's the park. Maybe you've got a second home. Maybe it's a place on the lake or some other place where I'm not even thinking about. And for me, though, it's become a regular part of life. It's not just an annual trip. When I'm not on top of a mountain, the other thing I love to do is to be on a paddleboard. And so sometimes when I'm really just feeling like I need to be near God, I just get on my paddleboard, head out to the middle of the lake, just lay down on that board and look up at the sky and just spend an hour in prayer out there. I've come to call these times my prayer paddles or, you know, for today's uh, analogy, micro separations. All I know is every time I do this, even these short times, it has a cleansing effect on my soul. And so much so that my wife Jennifer remarks that I'm always different when I came home than when I left. Do you make time to separate with God? Where are the places you can free yourself from distractions and just look at him? Is there an opportunity? There's still a little bit of summer left. You may have some vacation plans there. Is there an opportunity to work some separation with God into those plans and to spend some time with God and growing with him in unique places? These are just a couple of possible actions that people can take to invest in the condition of their heart. Get creative and develop your own habits with God. Ask him for inspiration. He'll develop some unique patterns in life that are really important for you that you'll love just walking in and occupying. All of these, act, all of these actions that you have God drawing near to you and ask God for information will work on improving the condition of your heart and increasing your proximity to God. Proximity to God is tied to the condition of our heart. Allow the Spirit 
to work on your heart and to improve your heart condition and to allow God to move you to the heart condition he has for you. It is here you will see God in these days. Let's pray. Lord, I just come before you and I thank you, Lord, for the time we spent here together, the time to learn about you. Lord, we thank you for the teaching of this beatitude and the, even this small passage, the powerful promise you have here for us. We ask that you improve our heart condition. You ask that you grow us and help us to grow in proximity to you and to see you in these days as well as the life to come. We ask, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time together, and we thank you for the rest of the day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to just, uh, before I leave, I want to just thank you for this time. I get to serve with a great group of guys. Some of these guys are here. But it's a unique blessing to be here with all of you this morning and to be able to share in the presence of God with you. Thank you.